Hey, welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and this is Off Script, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies. So last weekend, I was in San Francisco uh, visiting family and also going to the 49ers Seahawks game at Levi's Stadium. Uh, and while I was there, I brought some of my recording equipment and recorded our first mobile podcast. Uh, not online, not in the studio. I brought some equipment with me through TSA and uh, I was able to sit down and make a little podcast with my brother. We sat down and chatted for about an hour uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, here you go. It's, here's my conversation with my brother, Gabriel. But that's the thing. We're also kind of testing this out, so we'll see how how well this works. You're my first guest on the on the mobile studio. Oh, it's a it's a great honor. Yeah, well, it's because I'm out here in San Francisco, where you reside these days. Yeah, this is where you'll find me if you. Uh... I, I, I don't know what that is. I think it's it sounds like a microphone. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sunny sunny California, and I've been here now for over a year and a half. Oh yeah, I, I'm loving your Almost. NPR voice right now. Do you feel that? You, yeah, it's you a, hear that. Good morning, voice. Oh yeah, it's uh, that's why you have to take all this stuff with me. I had to go through security with all my mics and my audio equipment. But you don't need any more equipment, right? This is it's yeah. Equipment. This so is it. Just pretty minimal. Two microphones, two XLR cables, two he- uh, sets of headphones, a microphone splitter. Splitter, yeah. Which check out that splitter, dude. You want to listen to music with your five closest friends? Yeah, everyone's in. Yeah, got a nice little. You know, I used to do that on the bus. Me and Cooch Boy used to on the way to school every day. Split uh, headphones. Yeah, listen to music together. No, but that would work pretty good. I had, I've split them before. I think I've had a splitter, uh, but it was only like a twosie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never, Classic. I've had a four person splitter uh-huh. never had four people to listen. <laughs> I see. That's something I wish existed. Was like a. And I'm sure it does because silent discos exist. You ever been to a silent disco? Yeah, I actually went to one um, in uh, Napa. Really? Yeah, five years ago. For what, what kind of what music were they playing? Uh, it was like an EDM style of music. And Okay, so did it come with like, uh, like what was the area that you were in? What, what? Well, it was at Bottle Rock. Oh, really? Yeah, it was during Bottle Rock. So there was actual music in a festival going yeah, on. And yeah. this was inside. And I remember just coming across it and thinking that hey okay i'll try this i've never heard of it well i've seen it two ways i've seen it one time where it was a i don't remember where i was but it was like a area where you could go do a silent disco it was like inside of this like room or whatever it's like everyone in there is listening it's quiet in there but everyone there is listening to the same music on their headphones yeah then i went to this bar in baltimore that's like kind of a it's it's like a beach the whole bar itself is like on the waterfront there's a bunch of sand everywhere and you could just get silent disco headphones if you wanted to. So there's a bunch of people just sitting, talking, you know, listening to the ambient music. And yeah. then there's people next to them, like in between, just totally jamming out to something else on their headphones. Uh, so I wasn't sure if it was, uh, you know, something where in the music festival at Bottle Rock, yeah. it, there's people who are listening to music because there's music everywhere. And there's other people walking through with headphones, just listening to something else. This one was definitely sectioned off. Yeah. So it had, I stumbled across it, but it was a company that was selling like, so it's it, their services as silent discos anywhere, weddings uh, and types of scenarios. So okay. they had this sectioned off area. People had headphones on dancing, 
that to not the same beat that of the music that was going around people. So that was kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I remember I had Vine at the time, so I was making vines of me dancing <laughs> with all these people that you know I didn't know. Um, but I think it was on a break because I was working that that bottle rock. Too. Yeah. So I had to. Uh, I had a chance to go around and, and check out some things before I had to go back in my shift, or I was done. I can't remember the time. I was, yeah. it was five years ago, and now I, lots of working. I've actually, as much as I love the idea of a silent disco, I've never participated in one. Um, I'd, I'd love to at some point, but also I'd love to be able to host my own. This brings us back to the headphone splitters thing. Yeah. I am not super familiar with uh, Bluetooth technology, or it's like how exactly it works. Obviously, I'm familiar with it, but it's not like I understand the inner workings as, as to what's possible, how many devices you can link up at once. But wouldn't it be cool if you and all your friends with your Bluetooth headphones could sync to one cell, like one person's cell phone and all listen to the same music? Yeah. That would, like that, if you're, yeah. like for instance, if you're in a big city like San Francisco or, or you know any place where you do a lot of walking uh, with mm-hmm. your friends, a lot of times you're like walking and talking to each other. But if there's like six of you, what if you could all have your AirPods in and listen to the same songs? You yeah, know? yeah, and uh, and I don't know, maybe even like <laughs> like Xbox Live chat with each other, walking the streets. That has to exist, right? There has to be something. It's like I think we're on the cusp of it because we have uh, speakers now that will you can pair, or you have yeah, multi-room seen, speakers. I've seen the JBLs that yeah. can like sync to each other. Those are and those are not cheap yeah. either. So those are it's as that technology becomes more widely adopted and then cheaper to manufacture we'll hopefully see it in um you know scenarios where you have friends and ha- i love that idea i would love to have uh everyone listen to the same music because oh, yeah. instead of in the the inverse of playing it through a speaker bluetooth for yeah. everyone to hear everyone hears exactly what you're catering on your phone well one of the things yeah I mean, one, of, one of the problems of playing music out loud for people is it's loud right and uh if you live in an apartment or someplace where people might be disturbed by that you can't play it as loud and it's kind of lame i mean one solution to that is go live in a place where you can be loud go buy a house um but for those of us who don't have houses a silent disco would be pretty epic if you could have like a party where everybody's you know jamming out to music at a volume that they actually enjoy and no one outside the apartment has to so that's that's funny you bring up like having a party at your house because i've always that's always since i went to college like oh have house parties where people are dancing yeah and stuff like that of course that never happened um <laughs> but i've learned since well, I, I went to a couple of good gatherings at your apartment or your house in college well i, I guess i'm setting these high expectations where it's like one room people are dancing yeah you know like having a good time dancing and then there's separate rooms people playing games and stuff like because everyone in college is playing house game or house party oh, games yeah. you know or like drinking games I should say not house party games <laughs> but you know uh, so that always happened but it, I, oh, the reason why I bring it up is that I've I've met some friends here in California where they have like small dance get togethers in their own living room like maybe six people oh and they pr- like they practice like uh like different styles of dancing. Like I went to a like j- ballroom dancing and stuff. Kind of, I mean, maybe necessarily ballroom dancing, more but like jazz fusion. And I've learned, like, I went to a couple of classes of fusion, which is like just in the name, a combination of different styles of dancing. Okay. So I did a jazz and a uh, Latin fusion class where I learned and I was dancing with a bunch of different people. I danced with a dude. It was. Oh, it was, I've yeah, yeah. I think any person who's taken like a bunch of dance classes has danced you have with to. dudes. It's, it's learning. Yeah. You know? And honestly, 
I I don't know. I think it, it helps to know both sides. Like if you have to um, be that dude that's being danced with. And, yeah. Because a lot of, at least in my experience doing ballroom dancing, there's like the lead and the follow role. Right. And sometimes sometimes yeah. it can help to get that extra perspective. Um, yeah. All, every dance class I took at in college, there was so many dudes and not enough yeah. girls. But yeah, you get this was kind of the, I would say, well. I'd say it was more sixty forty, uh-huh. um, and this in this given scenario. But again, this one class I went to, um, I danced with the instructor, and I danced with a bunch of other women who were very you know proficient at dancing because I wanted to learn. I was like, if I'm not gonna hear just fiddle fart around, if you will, just oh, sure. wasting my time. I'm gonna try to you know, get better at and learn this dance. Um, and, and what type of dancing was it again? It was jazz, jazz fusion. fusion. It was fusion. I don't know if it's the t- the title is jazz fusion. It's just fusion, fusion dancing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, going back to house parties, that is something that they're gonna like. This girl is gonna have people come over and they're gonna dance to fusion style of music. Yeah. Some type of variation and have that in their house, and always wanted to do that. And I was so surprised. And I like, uh, I don't. You know, talking to her, I was. This is such a cool idea to do. I would have never done that. First of all, because you can't get people to dance. Yeah, you know, and then inviting them over with the intention of dancing only, and maybe having some, especially when it's a small group of people. Yeah, too, where you can't really hide. You know, no, you're you're there to dance. Yeah, you're there to sit or be there with your girlfriend or whatever. Like you're all expected to dance. So I think that's cool. Which is, I love it. I love that idea. Yeah, for a gathering because as I get. It's so, um, it seems like so tired to say this, but it's like, I've, as I get older, just going out and like drinking as much as I can with my friends becomes less and less fulfilling. Right. And I'm looking for other things. Like I would, I I of course enjoy drinking alcohol, but why not go out, drink alcohol and do something, right? Go to a place where it's like, well, we play pool here or we listen to this band here instead of just going to a place and being like, all right, let's spend money on drinks until we leave, you know? Um, so I, like I love that idea of like a dancing thing. We actually did that at my place for my birthday when I got my first move back to Columbia because I had just gotten back. I hadn't really had a chance to reconnect with most people yet. So the people that ended up at my birthday like gathering were all really close friends, right? Yeah. People who all know each other, have known each other for years, were very comfortable with each other. And of course, Nick is there, Nick Redia, who's a musician, and he starts playing like a show essentially uh-huh. where cause he was like taking requests and like he brought Corey up to sing with him. And then like pe- there were songs everybody knows where everyone is singing together and it was great. That's just what we were doing was just sitting down in a circle and playing music, drinking beers and just having a good time. Mm-hmm. And I loved that way more than what we did later in the night, which was all go downtown and pay money to get into a bar and all that other stuff. Like, classic going out stuff yeah my favorite part of the night was just being together and singing which i've talked about this before on the podcast but i feel like we have a very singing judgmental culture where if you sing if you like get in front of people and sing the impression you're giving off is that you think you can sing like you think you're talented at singing yeah like better because only talented people are allowed to sing sing because um, if you aren't good at singing, then we're supposed to make fun of you. I, and I, I love to like heap the, the blame on American Idol for this. Yeah. But 
American Idol was or singing sh- singing competition shows in general, right? Right, and, and, and which one is more of a phenomenon? Yeah. Like nothing outdoes so the phenomenon that American Idol was, and a huge part of the reason people loved that was because Simon Cowell would totally destroy people. Yeah, who that's entertaining. Not, not just people who were like weren't good enough at singing. It was specifically people who were bad at singing who thought they were good at singing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so going back to this idea that if you're singing. It's because you think that you're good at singing. If you're not, then obviously everyone else's reaction should be to ridicule you because you're not good at singing, but you think you're good at singing. Sure, sure. So I don't like that that way of thinking. I think you should sing because singing is fun. Like it's, and it's not, and I'm talking about in the context of like when someone pulls out their guitar or, you know, someone's playing an instrument or you're just in the car listening to a song that you both like. It shouldn't be a statement to start singing. It'd be like, look how brave I'm being. No. Look how good my voice is. How about I like this song? That's good enough reason for me. Yeah. Is, is that person speaking or singing at the party with the intention of listen to me? I want you guys or this is the audience. You know, I want you guys. Uh-huh. Because I don't think people are making the conscious decision. I'm going to start singing inappropriately or when everybody else is not in the mood or you know, is prepared for something like that, I think yeah. you're going to take people up. But uh, I was going to ask you, did Nick, I've, I know Nick to start playing music like that. Cause that's always fun. I've had people come to my house and literally have concerts at my house yeah, yeah. in the front parlor, if you will, uh-huh. um, when I lived in South Carolina. But uh, were you there at Nick's house when he played in his room? Yes. We listened to? Okay. The most private show. Yeah, that was the a great show. The most exclusive show I've ever been to. So yeah, let's ex- let's describe that. Yeah. Because it was like you, me, and a couple other people. It was like it was, four of us total. It was Dan. I think Dan was there. Yeah. Dan. And then I'm pretty sure Anthony was there. Okay. But anyway, so we'll say yeah, the crowd smart. size is maximum five people. Yeah. Five people. Five or six. And we're in just to put this into a more general con- context for people who don't know our friends, our specific friend group. Like, so we know this artist, right? We go to his house. His bedroom is on the second floor of this house. Yeah. So we go in up the stairs into his bedroom. We're standing on one side of his bed. He's on the other side of his bed yeah. with his amps and, and everything plugged in, mixer pedals, mic stand, and he performs an actual set. Yeah, there's like six his songs room. maybe. Yeah, somebody yeah. that he was prepping for. And, uh, well, because Nick does shows all the time. So this right. is he just kind of went into... Like performance mode, and I think we had been drinking too. So oh, we, was we were like, definitely drinking yeah. the whole time. <laughs> okay, I take the bet. Yes, not. I think we definitely were drinking, and we. I didn't say. Egg, I wouldn't say egg him on, but we participated. Yeah, we were. Well, I here's the thing. I've been to a lot of shows that don't have large audiences. You know, mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of shows where I'll drive kind of far away to like Spartanburg or something to see a show for my friends. You know, or a show that I'm going to with my friends, but there's not that big of an audience. Sure. So the real difference was that we're going to a venue, right? But this time the venue came to us. We were going yeah, to yeah. Uh, like, and I, it was so intimate. But being able to flip that switch, I think, is like being able to be in a, a intimate place, like a like somebody's bedroom, for a co- and still treat it like a concert, still yeah. appreciate the music and participate with like the performance in the same way you would in a venue. Like those are the type of people that I like to hang out with. People who are able to be like, yeah, this is I'm not too cool for this. Yeah, you know. Well, I, I think. It's also nice to hang out with Nick because Nick also enjoys singing as well, so you can get into... Yes. Uh, well, and Nick knows the... I think 
well, Nick actually is talented. So it's like mm-hmm. one of those things where it's easy to get him to start singing and then get other people to start singing. He's actually competent, right? No. Um, but it's also, uh, at least when he's with me, I'm always saying, hey, Nick, play the guitar. Like, I would like for you to start playing the guitar and yeah. everyone join in singing or, or just listen to you because you're you're a talented musician. Nick has, in my experience, has not been that guy to be like at a party, bring out a guitar and be like, all right, everyone. So here's Wonderwall. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. Stop what you're doing and pay song. attention to me. You know? Sure. It's, I like it more as a, like a community activity. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, Nick, this is one of the most legendary Nick playing at a like at a, a show that's not a real show uh, that I've ever experienced was when we were at Mountain Weekend. So our fraternity does a goes rents a huge cabin in Tennessee, and for a long weekend, I think Martin Luther King weekend or Labor Day, depending on which semester it is, we go stay. And um, actually, it's just in the spring. But anyways, we get a huge cabin a bunch of people there and everybody brings a, like a plus one you are you're allowed to bring a plus one so a lot of people bring like their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever and i brought nick uh and nick ended up being like the best date in my opinion that anybody brought oh, well. because nick uh so there's a lot of obviously a lot of drinking college stuff and our good friend Corey uh woke up with a massive hangover after um one of the nights of drinking sure and it was like so severe that you he was visibly ill like you could look at him and be like he this man is suffering right yeah and he was diagnosed by one of our biomedical engineering uh students oh so the resident doctor well yes she diagnosed him with the suds (laughs) (laughs) so everyone was worried about Corey. Corey had the suds so nick put it it on himself to host the um live aid suds benefit concert where yeah. he had to play songs uh and until Corey felt better so nick put on this like I, it was long i mean it was Finger, I, again, fingers bleeding yeah like it was like so much at least an hour if not more time of um static um of of Nick playing shows for people, um, and, and or like playing shows in front of people, uh, doing sing-alongs and and all this stuff. And by the end of it, by the end of the show, Corey in front of like the people that were listening, Corey cracked a cold one and proclaimed that his wow, son had been cured. He was uh-huh. ready to start drinking again. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, and it was amazing. So we always. Uh, you know, we always thank Nick for that. Or whenever Corey has the suds again, we we always lament the fact that Nick isn't there to help with like with a oh, uh, yeah, a benefit yeah. concert. Yeah, uh, music helping better than laughter there in that. Yeah, no, it was great. And so uh, that I don't know. I, I, going just bring this all to a head. I, I I like stuff like that. You know, where people are just they feel like they don't they can put their guard down and they can sing or dance in yeah. the presence of other people and just feel like they're having a good time. I'd be curious to know what percentage of, I mean, is there a record of or how we keep track of how many people actually can sing it? Because I think at that point it's subjective on, you know, some people claim that Bob Dylan can sing. He's a great songwriter. Yeah. Right? Where they claim that he can or can't. He can't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always, this has always been a thing for me too, is like, I feel like people are harsh critics of singing. You mean critics? Critics, yes. Yeah. They they look at a the people's job is to critique other. Well, sure, but they look at a mo- like a actual like Bob Dylan, like yeah. an actually successful singer songwriter, and they're like, eh, he can't sing. It's like, all right, yeah. What makes you able to say that? You know, 
Um, I mean, I, I try to stay away from critiquing music just because I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, I yeah, feel like people just are just too judgmental for the most part. Well, obviously, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and yeah. you know, people go to these opinion makers for uh, guidance and for you know reviews and things. But um, it'd be just interesting to see just the you know we know out of our friends because the those people have we've sang excuse me we've sang with them or we've seen them perform. So I wonder if all these other clamshell or you know people who don't yeah. feel like they can speak up to sing or. Generally, I think if you're singing, they're not nervous or anything. People are going to sing with you, especially yes. if it's a song they know. It's right? the type that, I mean, that's the kind of uh, atmosphere that Nick creates. Yeah. Well, and just going back to my birthday specifically, like it was, I think there were nine of us in my apartment. So pretty small group, but, and we're all very comfortable with each other to begin with. Not everybody there's best friends, but we all know there's a spider web of connections there between people. And it, like. Uh, I wasn't like trying to figure out is everybody singing like everyone better yeah, be singing yeah. but uh, we were leaving yeah <laughs> but it you know you you uh you people who wanted to could yeah. and I don't, feel, I don't feel like anybody felt the pressure to not sing if they're not good at singing because here's something here's my thing I don't think I'm that good of a singer I I don't I wouldn't want to put myself in a position where I'd have to perform and the thing I'm performing is singing okay but I'll be part of a choir I'll sing with you in the car. I'll sing by myself in the car. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like my number one way to get through a long trip is to put on all the songs that I know all the words to. And then it's just like I'm in the car just jamming out. And that's how I get time to to go by a little bit faster. Yeah. But I don't think I have to be good to enjoy that. Sure. And um, and I I don't know. I guess we're, we're spiraling around this point. But I just think people... Uh, should enjoy singing for what it is and, and think less about yeah, you know, how judgmental. Also, sing at, um, at parties more. Yeah. Get people to sing at parties more. Uh, it, it reminded me of that time when we learned uh, sailing over the dogger bank. Yeah, okay, you know, that's, something like that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That type of thing is awesome. So, um, sailing over the dogger bank is uh, it's a song that was used for an opening title card in SpongeBob. Yeah. And. Um, it's it's not even the lyrics to the song that are in SpongeBob. It's just the final notes of the song, but it's iconic. You yeah, instantly oh, the chorus. Uh, but it, the historical significance of that is, I think it's a old sailor song or a old tavern song. You would sing, but um, it's very nautical. It's yeah, so yeah. nautical. Yeah, so it only made sense to find that um, for Sailor Mouth. Was that? Did you say the title or the name of the episode? I think it is Sailor Mouth. Yeah, it is Sailor Mouth. Yeah, they reused some of those songs too, so it could be oh, multiple okay. episodes. But yeah, probably Sailor Mouth. Yeah, but anyway, the the whole premise of that song and why we brought it is that we our friend group 
Uh, oh, just a couple friends. Well, it wasn't just that we were getting together. It was, well, he's been featured on this podcast before, Justin Cusmano. Oh, yeah, Cooch Boy. Cooch Boy, he's yeah. been on this. And then my uh, roommate at the time, uh, Dan, Yeah. Uh, also learned it too, and he was open to that. Which goes to, Dan is not a singer. Yeah. Dan's not usually doing it, but I can, if I can convince him, and then I think he feels comfortable enough doing it. Because it's one thing, because I can suggest all kinds of things to Dan now. Is he going to bite on it? <laughs> That's a different story. Right. No. And, but I think we were all in on this bit and it was also, it wasn't just that we wanted to sing like a sailor's like dirge or, or whatever you want to a shanty. Mm-hmm. We were doing it. We planned it for the weekend of St. Patrick's day. Yes. So there was this implication that there was going to be a lot of booze flowing anyways. And that kind of sailor song definitely fits uh, the atmosphere when people are doing a lot of heavy drinking. Yeah. And it wasn't the easiest song to remember. You know, we divvied out the parts. Yeah. There's a four section part. and <laughs> Yeah, I printed out lyrics like I was practicing. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we really accomplished it like once or twice in the night before <laughs> or something like that. Well, but. yeah, thus is the, the price you pay when you plan on singing a song while everyone's drinking. Things yeah, you disorganize. In a song that we don't have fully memorized, you know. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Ingrained to the back of our head. <laughs> Could you sing it now? Um, Your part? I don't know if I remember exactly my part, but I do listen to that song on occasion. It's still in my Spotify. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I have it in my uh, my Drunk Anthems playlist. Nice. Um, and I really enjoy the Drunk Anthems one. Now, it's definitely my Drunk Anthems. Yeah. Um, but there's generally a point when I'm, uh, I haven't had enough alcohol where I'm feeling the music and it's like, now it's time to sing and dance. Yeah. And uh, that's... Um yeah, it is. It is something. There's like, there's like a barrier there. Um, like a threshold be, that once you get past that threshold, then yeah, it's, it's, now you're open. Well, sure, and it's like with certain people. Like my, I, I remember thinking back to the days when I had roommates. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of pre games where it would be like me and the boys, um, you know, that I lived with, and we would be getting some shots in because before you go downtown, you don't want to spend all your money downtown, so you got to get the cheap booze at home before you leave, right? And we'd be listening to music. And at that time, we all listened to the same kind of music, so we would recognize the songs. And it was just a, a three-man dance party sometimes, yeah. you know, in the living room. And that was awesome. Like, you didn't even think about, like, that it's like, oh, is this weird that we're, like, dancing, you know? No. It, you don't think about that. You're like, dude, not. I'm grooving. I'm dude, just grooving That is right so now. funny. You had a three-man dance party because I had uh, my friend Chris and Dan came to visit me when I lived in Asheville. Yeah. And before we went out, we did a three-man dance party, too, just put it, you know. Yeah. Put some bangers on and then dance around getting, you know, getting jived. Yeah, yeah. And taking shots and then before we, we headed out or in our Uber. So this this actually brings me to something else that I've I have talked about on the podcast before, but like people who take their phone out when there's something like that going on. So like for instance, if you're having a three man dance party and then somebody's like, Oh, look at these guys dancing. Let me record that. Oh, and you're not part of the three man dance party filming? You're some other person yeah, filming? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're the fourth person there who's <laughs> Yeah. Which is cause Are they doing that at ridicule or they're like this party's vibing or like what what's the approach? That seems like something out of ridicule. It does. And I don't know. It, it, it you know, I don't want to only the Sith deal in absolutes, right? True. So it can Absolutely. be somebody could be like, This is awesome. Look at these guys going in. But also it could be like, look at these fools, they've had too much to drink, or something like that, right? Okay. And that's generally more the case than That's what I would think. I don't do this, right? Yeah. Because if I see a three man dance party happening, especially if it's in my living room, I'm gonna be the fourth it's man. It's the fourth man dance yeah. party. Yeah, I'm yeah. in there. You know, yeah. I'm in there. And I so 
whenever I host a uh, you know a gathering and I see people doing that, I try to discourage it because I'm like, don't make a moment out of this person whiling out. If they have had a little bit too much to drink and they're like totally killing it, busting a move, cutting a rug, you know, in the middle of the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know ridicule them. Don't, don't kill don't, the vibe. Don't kill the vibe. Exactly. Don't. Who cares? What this looks like through a camera. Don't don't like send this out and be like, look at this. Join in, or at the very least, don't like harsh their mellow. Let them yeah. continue to to have a good time because that's the whole point. That's why we're here right. to, is to have a good time, not to like make a moment out of somebody else maybe going a little bit off the handle. Oh, it's probably a mixture of insecurity and uh, you know different aspects of social interaction but i uh, think some people feel like they have to do it it's not necessarily oh. it's not like they it, it, it's they don't see the malice in it they're like oh, oh this yeah. person's wiling out they have made themselves vulnerable to somebody recording them they would do the same to me and my argument is let's just all not do it well you're also cutting out on content creators on snapchat and yeah the influencers and have influencers, to get their content right? that's right the bro bible content i mean i say bro bible but that's <laughs> yeah or you know, bar, bar stool bar stool um, or, or yeah any of those things reactionary <laughs> you know silly things that happen like that now you're cutting into their content right right or anything from like uh old row official sec yeah. school yeah, right? yeah. Or, and put your school here <laughs> like just silly things like that would be like we would never know right someone had a break you know people jumping off of roofs and breaking tables <laughs> okay so or missing that's true and there definitely is um a certain level to this you have to like read the room right because it would be one thing to while out at a party where it's just packed and it's people. There's like 50 people here and there's just a, like it's chaos. Sure. People are going to be whipping out their phones. There's no controlling that. But if you're at like a small gathering, right, and people start having a few drinks and it goes from being like a standing around talking with music in the background kind of party to now music is a little bit louder and people are like, you know, shaking, a, shaking it out and having a good time on the dance floor. That's not a time to be like, okay, let's put a halt to this, you yeah. know, and, and pull my phone out and embarrass some people instead you should, like i feel like you should try to continue that vibe push it push it towards because the reason we party at least the reason i party is to cut loose yeah it's not to be a, a cool guy and be like look at i can drink all this alcohol but still act normal that's not the point right yeah uh, if you're doing it's very that, just, middle school mentality sure yeah but i mean with alcohol it's obviously, obviously different but right 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 and um but it's just too cool for school um, and I guess more power to those people if they if that's the, how they perceive as having a good time. Sure. You know, cutting loose is to drink heavily and not do anything <laughs> or just kind of vibe, you know, just kind right, of be right. there. But I think uh, for me, oops. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I got to cut loose. Yeah, me too. And um, so I don't know. I... I try to encourage that. The only place I can do it is in when I'm hosting, right? That's when right. I get to be like, all right, guys, this is my under my purview. So I get to decide what what goes. And, you know, I, I'm encouraging dancing. I'm yeah. encouraging singing. I'm encouraging being yourself. If you don't want to do any of those things, that's fine. Just chill. Just yeah. vibe on it. True. Um, you know what else would be kind of cool, too? And I only bring this up because I recently saw a Santa comedian, Brandon Wardell. Shout out, Brandon Wardell. Shout outs. Yeah. Uh, Shout out, yeah, but still pod. Yeah, but still pod. If you haven't heard it, you should definitely tune in. Um, but I saw his stand-up in San Francisco. And he's really funny. And he considers himself a alt comedian. Like, alt, I, like, like what? Alt as in like alt kind of darker humor. 
Oh, okay. And like alternate humor, kind of like adjacent to. Uh, I, I feel like saying edgy. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, well, because I don't want it really to be confused with like alt right, because Brandon is definitely not. No, 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 no. I mean, there's alt everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, alt right is just the, you know, short for alternative, right? Right. Or to what is normal or mainstream uh, right wing politics. So Brandon is an alt. He and this is his words, not mine. You know, uh-huh. He's alt. He's I, I, maybe I'm forgetting what he fully, but it's alt you know, like an alt comedian where he's just he's he's indie and does his own stuff, but um, it's very much kind of internet humor, Twitter humor. Oh yeah. Um, you know he's 27, so he's you know or he might be 26. I think he's a year younger than me. Um, but anyway, he was you know he was great seeing that. Where the where the brings back to is. Wouldn't it be cool, and this is something I would like to have maybe in the future, is to have a stage in the backyard. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, actually, like, tonight we're having a special guest over. You have space for people to come. Yep. Drink, watch performance. Yep. Maybe stand a comedian. And if, I mean, if, if you had all the bells and whistles, you had a comedian come up, you had an artist, <laughs> and you had a musician. Something like that. I yeah. It'd be kind of cool to really showcase that. And I feel like here... In the Bay Area, at least in San Francisco, there's a lot of shows on top of rooftops. Okay, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of lot of Instagram picture potential for the oh, ladies, yeah. but having you know bands and, and performances on top is really cool. But I, you know, now take that back to how can you do this anywhere? If you have a backyard, you're able to perform a stage, maybe have some outlets so people can plug in, make it easier for people just to come in, kind of plug and play almost. Oh yeah, that'd be really cool for me. If all the stars align, I'm able to afford a garage where inside there's a stage for family stuff. Maybe even a recording studio. Maybe not necessarily a recording studio, but just a quiet space like we are right now. And having that type of where I can make my music, yeah. sing, play music, have that performance. You know, I, so, This is kind of cool. It's, oh, I yeah. It's no, we're, dream, but. we're such brothers, dude. Because that's yeah. why, I, I mean, that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to get an apartment where there's room to put like a podcast yeah we're well, able doing it now and you're <laughs> you're soundproofing it but i'm with you i mean just i keep like we've talked about it earlier the nick coming over and like yeah. playing a show or whatever it would be nice if i could have an actual setup yep. i mean again you run into the big problem of noise where it's like being too loud for your neighbors right uh, but if you had a, a house a backyard Especially living in like a rural area, if yeah. you had that, it would be sick. Yeah, where we're here now, it's it's everything is so close together. And yeah, because right now we're we're recording this in South San Francisco. Yeah, in South San Francisco, so not too far from the actual city of San Francisco. Yeah, and I mean, there these houses have yards; they have like little backyards. Yeah. But this would be uh, it's a one-story house. I mean, to a South Carolinian who raised in the in the suburbs in the rural area where everything is fifteen minutes away, this is like. Dang, it's close together, you know. Yeah, everything's close together, and generally, and you know, we we hiked the San Bruno Mountain, so we were able to generally see the East Bay and everything from around here uh, because of the fog, which is very much South City um, in this area. Oh yeah, you know, it's very very foggy, foggy. Um, but it's so nice. The weather here is so nice. Oh yeah, it's it's like pretty much mild all the time i mean down in the down in the actual city like it can get pretty cold because of the wind yeah but even that like 
it's not that cold. You know, you put on a windbreaker and survive. It there has been some times this year. I don't know if I told you about them, but there have been times when it's gotten ninety five degrees here, no wind. <laughs> so it's hot. It's just, it's awful, and the you know. This house doesn't have any air conditioning. So that wasn't even a choice. You know, it's like open well, the windows. Wait, wait. You guys, it doesn't have any at all? No, there's no air conditioning. What? In house. Yeah, only heating. I did not know this. I that's didn't know so, that either until so last California. year. Like, <laughs> well, it's just this house in, you know, in particular. It, now you go old? down to San Jose and then you have, you definitely have. Okay. You know, so places that are notoriously warmer, this place barely gets that high. Yeah. It's not. Now, I'm not saying that everybody else here doesn't have sure. air conditioning. But no, I mean, the reason I say that's still California is it's because it's like, that's even an option. Like, can, oh, you, imagine have, living, yeah. can you imagine living in South Carolina, in Columbia, yeah. South Carolina, and not having AC? I, I don't have to imagine it. I've done it when the yeah. air conditioner is broken. Yeah, you don't have a choice. And it's like yeah. dangerous. Like, it's so yeah, freaking it's sweltering. Is, yeah. And there's the same thing here where I would like just sleep in boxers like above my sheets because yeah. it's too hot to get any type of coverage. And you have to leave the window open. I remember just, taking all the ice out of the ice box, dumping it into my bathtub, and then filling it with water. Just it's like cool. Just get something cool. Yeah, because wow. it, it happened a lot in my college apartment at the retreat down in uh, Columbia. And the pool at the retreat sucks because it's so shallow and it's there's no shade around it. So all summer long, it's cooking. It's a bathtub oh. by the time i mean as soon as the summer hits it's a bathtub in there yeah. all the time which actually kind of feels good at night but it's not a good way to get in and feel refreshed and cool off and, and during the hot summer months um it's better than nothing but it's when you're sweltering at 100 degrees in your air conditionless apartment bath like my bathtub is it was my only i've uh, never i've never gone sa- to that safe place extreme i wouldn't say extreme but just gone to that length of like okay i have to do something like oh it was awful it's just kind of accept it and I'm, I'm trying to remember i mean it's yeah it's always sweaty and hot and, and oh it's bad it's south bad. carolina but here it's obviously it's drier heat yeah things dry quicker you it's ideal here it's, it makes sense why there's so many people here because oh, yeah, yeah just off of the the like how it feels to be outside alone. This place is like better than most places. Yeah, and I all because I work in San Jose, so I'll, when I drive, it's twenty almost thirty degrees difference between. I'd say almost like I mean very yeah. extreme situations. Whereas colder here, and then it's sweltering there. But it's been twenty at least twenty degrees difference from South City to San Jose. So you wear a jacket in the morning, take it off, come yeah. back, put your jacket back on. Well, I right. mean, yesterday when we went to Santa Clara. To watch them Niners, go Niners, go Niners. Yeah, it was bit. It was hot. It yeah. was like it w- didn't need the jacket. Yeah, didn't need the didn't jacket. Need the under. Yeah, undershirt didn't need either. long sleeves. Yeah, it was it was hot. Actually hot. Yeah. Um. So, and it's November right now. So it, it's it's nice out here. It's I, weird. It's the same sun that's on the East Coast, but it's you know, <laughs> it's different. It treats you different here. Yeah. And again, you saw people wearing shorts. T-shirts, pants, and jackets. Like it's yep. just you have all. Everyone's wearing. Yeah, like now everyone's you know body temperatures. Different bodies are different, and they handle you know. But I think like the the threshold for comfortable wearing is a lot larger here. Like you can sure. you have more options that are still viable. Where in a different place, like for instance South Carolina, if you're wearing a jacket on certain days, it's like you are going to go have a heat stroke. Yeah, because it's so freaking hot. It's funny you say that though, because I still have what the I still come with the mentality of seasonal clothes. Yeah, in South Carolina, because we do have you know the seasons there. Well, we have yeah, we have both of the seasons, summer seasons. and not summer. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's colder it, it winter. Does, okay, it does get cold. But Icy winter. I, I learned what cold really is. Because I, I went to Detroit in February. Detroit. Detroit, yeah. For, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for like almost a month. Yeah. And all my life, you probably remember this too. Growing up, there was a lot of Michigan transplants in in that I went to school with. Did okay, you have, did you did you experience that in South Carolina? I don't say a lot, but I knew some. Also, some Pennsylvania transplants as yes. well. I remember. I think it got worse once we went to college. So there's more like it got New worse. Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> like deal New, with all these Northerners. Yeah, all, all the <laughs> snowbirds. They're not necessarily snowbirds, but kind of because that's like more of a generational like the older people, boomers moving to. Florida than yeah yeah, yeah. a lot know, of people move to South Carolina because it's a preferable climate to where they're coming from I, in their opinion I guess yeah, I um, but I remember hearing growing up I'm like oh it's so cold out there it's like 35 degrees and then people from Michigan or Pennsylvania are like you don't know what cold is this isn't cold and I'm like um I'm pretty sure it's cold you yeah, know I so, think sorry I know, it's cold I, I think I know what yeah. cold is uh, and then, so earlier this year in February, I went to Michigan mm. in the dead of winter, and they were absolutely right. I didn't know what cold was. Yeah. That's what, like, when I went there, I found out what real winter is, and it changed my perception on how, like, cold things actually are. Because, well, first off, I got there and instantly got the flu. Like, I showed up, my oh, body was like, that, yeah. oh, sorry, this, too, like, this winter is too extreme for you. Yeah. And I got the flu. But even after that, I uh, you you get to sub, like I got to experience sub zero temperatures. I got to experience the snow that was just like a daily occurrence instead of. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, people have experienced this stuff. This is just only yeah. We've novel. never had a shovel our own driveway. Before. Right. It's uh, being a, from South Carolina. That's it makes this a novel experience. But yeah. now I kind of appreciate what it means to be cold in South Carolina, where it's like, oh, I have to put on a hat and like uh, a jacket to go outside as opposed to in Detroit where it's like, okay, let me put on like my boots and my like thick pants and let me put on this shirt and then this other shirt and then this jacket and this hat and this scarf. Do some push-ups. Where are my, where are my gloves? Yeah, let me get, yeah. Get, get hyped for going outside and also leave like 15 minutes early because my car's got to de- 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 defrost really defrost and also i have to get all the snow off of it yeah and, and don't forget to put your your windshield wipers up or else they'll freeze to your windshield you know yeah. there's all these things that you deal with when you actually deal with winter you tell so. that's when all the you know, who the rookies are oh yeah in south carolina at least once it would snow You'd be like, hmm, who's dealt with snow before and who hasn't from the people who put their windshield wipers up the night before? Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You can be from South Carolina and plausibly not really have dealt with snow. Most people's yeah. reaction to snow is shut it down. I will put my life on pause until yeah. snow is gone. And then we return to our regularly, regularly scheduled business, um, which is awesome. I do really like not. We don't even attempt to deal with it. We're just like, eh. Take the day off because it'll probably be gone in a day. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll just probably melt away. What is interesting about here too is that we're—I say close. I think Tahoe maybe is three to four hours away from here if we were leaving uh-huh. South San Francisco. Yeah, um, but to have that, you know, it gets really dry once we go. Well, for people unfamiliar with Tahoe, that's a good place to go snowboarding, skiing. Yeah, and I've I've been during the summer too, and Lake Tahoe is is. What's Tahoe short for? But, right, right. Uh, it's a very popular destination for people coming from Nevada and coming from uh, California. Right. Uh, because it's they split 
you know, it's in between there. Um, but that's also where you can go find snow. So it, it's interesting. People here, uh, we'll see, you know, what is it? Mountains or, or uh, ocean? And yeah. you can go to the ocean. We're right next to the ocean. That's why it's so cold here. Um, right. Because the winds come off of, uh, you know, the ocean and then go up to get some snow. And then if you want desert, you can drive to Southern California where there's more desert. Um, basically, it feels like a desert here because it's so dry, mm-hmm. um, which has been another kind of interesting type of perspective. Because when I moved here last year, there was bigger fires and they were closer and the air quality was bad. Right. It was like I would cough. When I would breathe it, I'm like, this is insane. Can really? you imagine? Can you just imagine going outside? Just going outside. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't like continually I'm um, coughing, coughing, but it was like, if you breathe too quick, you're going to cough. Well, I've, I've heard people who uh, do cardio exercising in California in certain areas where it's like noticeably more difficult. Yeah. Where it's because they're, the air quality is so poor. Yeah. It's enough to, I mean, you'd, it's almost like living in a foreign country because it, let's say, let's say China, for example, you see a lot of people with face masks. Yeah. You know, uh, you, and that that's because of do you see that here air pollution people walk around I, San I Francisco with face it's masks it's interesting too and it, it's the Asian uh, uh, population population that yeah. is, is is wearing them I don't know if that's something taken from yeah I actually don't know if it's like a cultural thing because I feel like I, I see that as well like in airports yeah. and stuff but yeah I see it. I don't know this is specifically just the Asian you know Asian population doing it well there's a large Asian population cases. here in California yeah which has been totally different than you oh know, yeah than what you know, I, I hear it's interesting because I'll tell people, you know, uh, oh, I got to change out my clothes because I have a bunch of shorts. They're like, you change out your clothes? It's like the same clothes every year. I heard Are that from all friends I've met here, also from relatives that live here, you know. Whether you wear the same clothes all year round? Well, basically, it's like there is no wardrobe change, uh-huh. you know, but. Yeah, no, it's definitely a thing in South Carolina, like yeah. the summer clothes, winter clothes, basically pants and. Yeah. Long sleeves, but, but getting back to the diversity here, yeah, I mean that goes without saying. Um, a lot more Jewish, at least in this area that I've uh, that I've uh-huh. met, more Jewish people, uh, people from uh, Asia and different in countries, India, um, Hispanics as well. Hispanics. Now, in my line of profession, I don't run into many Spanish speakers yeah. as often as compared to. Chinese representation and Indian representation, uh-huh. and I have a couple of big accounts that are from, that ship and import from India, and it's interesting. I would have never experienced that to an extent, yeah, in South Carolina. At least in my line of work, I wasn't uh, exposed to that here. It's now I'm a minority. There's, it's split. It's Asia, what, Asian. What, what do you consider yourself? I when I'm filling out applications and i put hispanic me too well usually it's like a separate category but it's not are you hispanic or non-hispanic and then they ask you yeah i don't think we fall directly in that and i don't think other is also covers that either so i'm okay with putting hispanic yeah uh i usually check the hispanic box and then i put that i'm caucasian yes yeah in cases you can you can do that right because there's there's like there's hispanic non-white right you know yeah so but but that's not us yeah yeah um, Hispanic other or well, yeah, there's there's different options there, but um, that is something I will like. I guess coming here, I just kind of realizing too, it's just a, a third of the population here is white American, you know, your good old John Smith, yeah, classic John Smith, but it's also very diverse. Now, again, California could be its own 
could be two states at least. Now, it's been up on the ballot for it to be four states at one point. Yeah, well, if you look at it from South Carolina's perspective, California is eight states. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure. It's the, that's how large it is by comparison. Actually, <clears throat> yeah. I, didn't we look that up, the population of California the other day? Uh, Isn't it like 39 mil? It's yeah, it's almost forty. Yeah, uh, and just in the Bay Area, it's eight million. Right, right. So, um, it's uh, crazy to go and like in San Jose where I work, I work in San Jose and Campbell, and those areas are almost a million people. Right. Not not co- like combined, probably over a million people, but just San Jose is almost a million people, and that it's insane to think about that in one place. It's the infrastructure, in my opinion. And please call in, phone in, tweet in <laughs> if you disagree with this. But infrastructure is not wasn't created and wasn't isn't managed enough to handle the amount of people that are here. Just saying. Oh yeah, I, I don't think that's super yeah. controversial. Yeah, I, I mean our infrastructure. Well, I mean the phone lines are open. The phone lines are definitely open. You can call Affable Chat, um, but you. Um, I mean, I think that's true everywhere. Even yeah. even a place like South Carolina where we have way less people. Crumbling infrastructure? The, yeah, the infrastructure is still a, a not... Well, it was made 50 years ago. Sure. And it wasn't designed to last forever. And we pretend like... I mean, obviously there's repairs and stuff, but we pretend like these solutions that worked for us decades ago yeah. are going to go... Are just going to last forever. And it's, that's just not the case. Um, but it does seem like a whole lot... A big deal to have to replace that stuff that's what, that's what i've heard that's why they called the green new deal oh so i was to say it's like green new deal because it's supposed to be like the old new deal which yeah. was like improve our infrastructure get us up to date and also supply people with jobs and fight climate change well yeah, i mean that's what makes it the, the right. green new deal it's like there's that's part of it but i think people get hung up on that because they're like oh it's the same people who brought brought to you by the same people who invented paper straws you know totally unnecessary the changes we're making just because we want to seem more climate friendly um i think that people are overlooking the fact that our infrastructure does need updating yeah and we could be doing better like it it, even if you're like an anti-climate change person it i i think having a a new deal that we as a collective the countrywide decide to upgrade our infrastructure we would benefit hugely from that i think everyone benefits from it too and it's yeah. not just select people the poor the rich nothing it's, sure. it's everyone who uses the roads which we need and, and right and it, i mean data proving that our infrastructure is not sound i think something in you know i'm maybe just pulling out a number here but something to 70 percent of bridges in the u.s are not to code or not yeah i've i think john oliver did a show about yeah that. yeah i think and I, yeah on last week tonight and i mean I, I i did some research for this in an undergrad for i did like a speech about south carolina's dams mm-hmm. um my speech was cleverly named south carolina has a dam problem oh and part of that actually came into effect when the thousand year flood happened because a bunch of dams failed and yeah. multiplied how bad that flood was for the columbia area uh which was a preventable problem so i don't know i feel like i'm getting out of my wheelhouse talking about politics and stuff yeah but, I didn't but like get too political here well, but have you uh familiarize yourself at all with the hashtag yang gang uh no i've I've only seen him on on the debates yeah that have gone on um i was targeted by his ads before he became came 
rose to prominence yeah. at the level he's at right he's now. done well as far as like a kind of out of the blue candidate it's from this area so that's yeah it's, you know, part of the reason why so i remember seeing that and thinking who is this guy and then well because he's ubi taking, is what right universal basic income is kind of what his platform is but mm. he's really the guy talking about i don't know jobs and one of the like he the reason he's pushing ubi is because um according to him a lot of people's jobs are going to become obsolete they're not going to have a way to earn a, like an income. Faster than we can create more jobs. Right. And that's obviously a theory that he has because sure. th- this this has been something we've dealt with in the past and jobs always end up being created and people find a way to, to move on to the next thing. But one of the ways we could do that is by creating jobs in green technology through the green, yeah. the, through the green New Deal. There's it would you know, we'd push into these new areas where maybe you're not uh, able to continue working on, uh, you know, something that becomes obsolete, but now you'll have an opportunity to help bring forward the next thing. You know, maybe right. you're uh, not working in the coal mines anymore, but you're installing solar panels on houses or, or government buildings, even if it's strictly, you know, federal stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're treading into dangerous areas where we don't really know what we're talking about. But I hadn't looked at it from that perspective. I feel like the media lo- looked at me or, or told me, this is all about going green and like stopping the fossil fuels and all that. And, and it is a lot about that. But at the same time, it's creating opportunity. So the government, instead of giving the banks a bunch of money or giving you know whoever they want to support, in this case, they're giving it to emerging technologies and helping us compete with places like American China. and American companies and yeah. investing back in the uh, in the US. I I I've, it's been a while since it's been back in the news I guess as much because there's other things that congest the news right now. Um but I believe some of the I guess opposition to the green new deal besides yeah. the sound bites for conservative news it's all sound bites. Um is that it's favoring certain companies uh, and then there's another one where people just don't believe in climate change and the uh, the significance of us ca- reducing emissions and uh, being more sustainable uh, in some sense well, because they believe it's, just, it's just a cash grab and it's of course it's always about cash it is though well that's the thing oh stop um Stop favoring the green technology companies. Let the yeah. free market do its thing. Sure. You know we subsidize Exxon, right? Yeah, exactly. We, the government gives them a lot of money for research and development. Sure. They don't use that for research and development. They use that for huge bonuses and make a lot of money. I mean, you can argue they probably do use some for research and development. But here's the thing. Exxon doesn't need our help w- drawing a profit. But they're a special interest group. They know how to influence our government. So they've got the system working for them. Sure. I'm just saying... We all know that. Why don't we make a change, right? Yeah. Um, well, I think it boils down to, before we get too far into this, yeah, we're so- boils down to, again, <laughs> t- taking money out of politics. Yeah. Which you can't, you, it's, we have these illusions of grandeur, but until you take money out of politics, you won't have meaningful change representative of the people that we've elected. Yeah. We put him in office. Well, it's tough because, you know, it, it is run by money. So it, it's not, like, a, it's not a, that's not a party thing. That is yeah. both both sides of the aisle right uh so until you can somehow work the system to get somebody in there who's willing to say no to the money yeah and take the system down and, and everyone is yeah not just one person yeah because it's not gonna just take a, a, a world leader to do that it's gonna take from top bottom or the bottom down yeah. everyone saying no to special interests not having 
uh, uh, tenured politicians finish, then go back being uh, lobbyists. Right. You know, it's right. just like it's just it goes back into the system. So we, we we can we can change from that. Um, we live in the capitalist America. We you know, do. Ca- money rules the world. It, it actually is kind of. It's so weird growing up and being like America is the greatest, which I, I still think America is the greatest. I'm still proud to be an American. Yeah. But it's it's crazy like getting out of like the public schooling system and and looking back on that stuff and being like, man, they didn't tell me how much money influenced this whole thing. Yeah. Like they didn't teach me how it really works. They taught me how the paper and the things like the constitution says it should work, you know, and, and the schoolhouse rock summary of how the three branches of government work. But it's, uh, it's not as perfect and, and um, like amazing, uh, as yeah. I think that we like to think it is. So I, I read something recently, uh, that reminded me of learning about, uh, Roosevelt and his, in the Imperial yeah. time of the United States where Roosevelt had the white fleet or something. I forget the name of it. Do you remember that? Where, they went around to all their colonized uh, countries and different locations around the world, f- showcasing their fleet. It's like the big. I forgot. And, uh, you know, the history Just buffs flexing up. on everybody. Yes, literally flexing. <laughs> and I remembered reading that in in high school. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that now. And just yeah. how what an imperialism looked like uh, in our young nation. Yeah. And showing us, and that's as we rose to prominence as a world power, showing you know. We're imperialism taking these different countries, you know, and not necessarily island hopping, but that that was sort of turned into World War Definitely but, something we did. <laughs> yeah, and, and and having these ports and different access for trade and different things, uh, which just kind of reminded me. I don't know, yeah, on that subject, but it, of the history of learning from our history and yeah. preparing yourself for the future. Talking about UBI and uh, a sustainable future and one that will live here because now. Data rep- shows and represents that uh, that millennials are having less kids. Yep, getting married later. On, getting married later. Uh, Not buying houses. Can't afford houses, right? Especially here in the Bay Area. This <laughs> yeah. house that we're in right now is worth over a million dollars. Yeah, and when it was originally bought, it was worth twenty seven thousand dollars. And again, coming from a guy, you know, rural South Carolina guy, I'm yeah. like, this house, a million dollars? Exactly. It's pathetic. No, you know? too many like, houses here are <laughs> over a million dollars are not million dollar homes. Well, sure. Right? It's just, it's location, 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 yeah. right? That's the whole. Location you have in the climate. That's Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Is well, that's the thing. You save appealing. money because you don't have to buy winter clothes. You just, you show sure. up and have your year round clothes. That's yeah, the, exactly. You just never change trade-off. out of those. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting too. And, and the housing, I mean, it's I, my understanding, at least the people I've talked to, it's it's starting to plateau, if you will. Uh huh. Still plateauing at a freaking high level where it's still almost impossible to get out. Now, it wouldn't. It, things would be worse if people weren't buying houses, but people are still able to buy houses. Yeah. You know. But there's also people out there not owning homes, and I've met people who've rented a home for thirty years. You know. Yeah. Not buying that home. That's a that's a mortgage. You know. <laughs> We got to live somewhere, you know? Exactly. So Yeah, if you're homeless, go buy a home. Right. And if you it's so easy. Yeah, if you're unemployed, just go get a job, right? It's yeah. just that easy. It's just that easy. Oh boy. Um simple solutions. Yeah, does it do you ever uh I mean, obviously homelessness is a bigger deal around here than uh in, Yeah. And it's one of those things where it was kind of shocking moving to Colombia. Colombia doesn't even have that big of a homeless population, no. but just 
anywhere you go to where there's a lot of people, there's going to be homeless people. I, you know? it, it, my experience, and it's kind of interesting just taking it from South Carolina, and it's, it's always terrible comparing South Carolina to California. It's just totally different places. Oh, yeah, completely. But in my experience with the homelessness now, it's definitely a lot bigger here. That's because of the cost of living, weather here, people... People come here because they're like, it'd be better to be homeless yeah. there than it would be to homeless in freezing Montana or right. something. Right, so, they, it, so that's all it comes into there's a lot of money too there's a lot you hear a lot of money talk that it's a lot of money towards programs yeah yeah uh but does the person actually see that do homeless people actually see all of the money that goes into them right maybe not and we'll, we'll, we'll say it on those that that's that topic there but oh yeah what i my you know my experience and what i'm seeing here is that homeless encampments it's inc- it's crazy i mean they were literally living tent cities tent right? cities yes and you see them not in i mean they're just right on the side of the road I mean, and it pains me because they're also it's also messy too like yeah. it's, there's no regard for i don't own this land or i don't own it but i'm gonna leave my trash here right so it looks even worse so not only is it cardboard tent city you know nothing it looks like an actual house it's garbage that was used refuge if you want to say garbage but refuge sure that people have now used i'm going to make this as my house here out in the open um rampant drug use and i mean you hear the bad stories of people peeing in the streets like that at that point pooping and like <laughs> defecating in the street yeah that is something i've never seen mm-hmm. now we're comparing a major city compared to anything we've seen, you know. And we, yeah, and what we've seen is just strictly South Carolina. Exactly. So yeah. it, people's mentality of that's what a city. I mean, you don't know what a city is till you come to San Francisco, one of the most densely populated. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that happens as much in North or uh, in New York City, because that's even a bigger city than yeah than San Francisco. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's but, homeless people everywhere. Exactly. But it's it's the the response the drug rampant drug use i don't see them i mean you'll see needles san francisco's got different rules in place that are different than if you cross the county line like this is san mateo county yeah i've met a cop and i've like had dinner with like it's long story short had dinner with a <laughs> with a cop from our aunt's friend uh-huh our one of our aunt's friends um has a son who is a san mateo police officer uh-huh and he's around my age too so it was cool asking him questions you know um about things and his perspective on things and um uh oh background noise there's a the the, the oh it's the, the lawn people are here which, which probably is our signal to wrap this up okay a little bit well so. anyway homeless people here they're here uh <laughs> not a surprise not a surprise it, my yeah. interactions like you're talking about from columbia yeah i don't have people approaching me yeah yeah like asking for money you still see the this the same old people on street corners and, and in between medians and stuff uh, but you see, seeing the homeless encampments is something radically different than, and they're out parked in front of my work. They're yeah. like campers that are parked out there and they leave their garbage all around. So I don't know what the solution is. I like to ask people what their solution, what they think the solution is. Just like asking people <sighs> yeah. what, you know, do you believe in autonomy? Yeah. Driverless vehicles. You know, I like getting people's perspective on things, but yeah. still I haven't don't, had I don't have a solution. Still haven't found know? the solution. Yeah. It's a sign. Yeah. It's just a, uh, I don't let that cloud my, Insignific- my judgment here. Yeah, it's an insignificant truth. You know, there yeah. will be homeless people. Yeah. But, uh, well, A is kind of a depressing <laughs> topic to leave it off yeah. on, but the, the lawn people are here, so I think yeah. we're going to wrap this up. So um, thanks for being my first uh, mobile podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for having right. me. I, I'd like to do this again sometime. Yeah. And uh, all right, well, we're going to end it there. So. Okay. <laughs> Good night. 
Thanks for listening to Affable Chat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at Affable Chat, or our email, affablechat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.